Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This is One Man's Opinion, the podcast that sweeps the nation. We crisscross coast to coast around the globe. We talk everything from sports to life to meaning and I, I don't know, to Halloween, to Christmas, to whatever it is that's on the plate, football and basketball. We spray to all fields. That's what we do. Thank you for making this part podcast and this show a part of your day, however you've uh, done so. And we appreciate you guys downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting on the show. All that stuff helps build our activity it helps build the show it helps us give people jobs and helps um spread the word of hopefully good analysis when it comes to sports fantasy sports daily life and whatnot this one is going to be a uh, a lot of introspection a lot of football talk i got some baseball and basketball talk on this program as well in case you're just tuning in for the first time, my name is Jeff Mance. You hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I host a show called Elite Sports on that network from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. I also host Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern every Sunday morning with Bob Harris. I am part owner, chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. That is the largest active community in fantasy sports. It is a great place for those of you wanting to learn, wanting to follow the games, wanting to win some money, wanting to just have some fun on a random Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever night of the week. We're always active. Great membership, great people, great analysts helping you out all along the way. FantasyGuru.com. Get that VIP platinum, everybody. I'm telling you, the upgrade is going up in price. You know how it is, the holiday season. <clears throat> you know, every, that's the way it goes. We are holding the early bird as we speak. But if you are a current NFL member at FantasyGuru.com and want to upgrade, it is it is over 50% off for what it normally costs for upgrade from whatever membership level you had. It's over half off. I don't know the percentages, to be honest. I know it's over 50%. I think it works out to about 62.5% off of the upgrade charge right now. So you might as well do it. Treat yourself this holiday season. Fantasyguru.com. Give us a, if you're not sure on how to do it and what you're paying, write us an email. Support at fantasyguru.com. Ted Schuster, he is uh, also one of my co-hosts on that Elite Sports Show. He will answer your email almost definitely. I will see your email, absolutely. And uh, one of us will respond and you make sure that you get the best price for your upgrade and get everything because the data is fantastic. The NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the PGA, the baseball, even though that season is now ending, but it just, it behooves you to get that all in VIP package. If not interested in that, just want NBA, you can do that. Get the MVP package. That is 50% off as we speak as well. Uh, great way to get in the door and you get everything, basketball, hockey, nine sports that are not football and not baseball. Every other sport is included in that MVP package. So get over there, check that out. Follow me on social media 
at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So this is episode 180. So I thought it would be fun for this week. I'm riding solo on the program today. No guests. Uh, loved having Justin Fensterman on last week. That was absolutely fantastic. If you haven't gone back and listened to 179, go uh, go listen to Fensty and I chop it up. It will uh, it will warm your heart and possibly your genital regions as well. By the way, this is an uncensored podcast. I will curse in it. I'm going to talk about things that like, especially this episode. I'm I'm going to touch on some things that is going to ruffle your feathers, right? And if you're one of those types that you you need everybody to agree with everything you say and think and believe, then you know this probably is just not a good show for you. I'm not the right guy for you. I, you know, what am I going to do? My listeners are a type. They're open-minded. They're creative. They want to think through an idea. They don't agree with me. They don't have to. You're not supposed to. If we agree on everything, what the fuck are we doing? Not supposed to agree. That's the whole point of all this. Supposed to challenge you, though. Challenge your thoughts. Challenge my thoughts, our beliefs. And I'm going to do that here today. So since it's episode 180, I figured... You know what would be fun is I want to go through some things. I want to talk about change. I want to talk not quarters, dimes, nickels, and pennies. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about change. I said it was going to be introspective, and I mean, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I've done a 180 on, complete reversal on, as I've grown older, where I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, four years ago yesterday i don't know whatever it may be i've got a list i've got a i'm not gonna get to all of them i'm sure but a ton of different things in which i've changed it because i believe it's the best thing any of us can do right the best thing any of us can do is to change not necessarily have to change be open to it understand where we're wrong understand what we want in life. We understand what is the right path to take at whatever time, doing what you have to do in those moments. And I'm going to tell you as of the end of October, the start of November, 2023, where I stand on things. And it's not the same. I always say, I don't want to be the 25 year old me, the 15 year old me. I still love those people. Right. But it's, I'm not that guy anymore. And I'll, 10 years from now, I'm going to look back at this guy and not be this guy. That's the whole point. If you're not evolving like that, I really don't understand what it is you think you're doing. I mean, I know you're probably just a narcissist that thinks that everything you think and believe right now is right. And I don't think that at all. But there, I do have my beliefs and I have well thought them out. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to start out real life type talk and and things like that. Then I'm going to get into NFL. I'm going to show you how the idea of change, the reversal of fortune is very prevalent in our fantasy lives, in our DFS life, in our betting lives, right? And talk you guys through some of that. Give some players and teams that we've seen reverse fortunes here this year that still can, that we have reason to see that as well. So I'll give that, talk about players and teams, talk about the rest of the season, what we can do to get better, because that is, after all, what we want. 
to do. And also, I got a bet. I got survivor picks and NFL trade deadline. I'll go over my thoughts on the trades. I'll start out the show with that. couple of things as far as the trade deadline. Um, let's start out with what Montez Sweat got traded to the Chicago Bears and Chase Young to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. A lot of talk about that. It's funny to me um, how it's interesting to me what the perception is, right? A lot of weird perception out there. There is nothing. I, I tell, told my kids this many times. There's really nothing more powerful in today's world than having a good reputation. People really don't hold people with good reputations accountable. They will eventually tear you down because what happens is they build you up. They'll give you a pass. And then you eventually learn to take advantage of it because why the fuck not? You start actually believing their shit, right? You start believing all of their stuff. You start believing that you're great. And then they, then they fucking completely destroy you and tear you down. And that's what people love. Let's face it. Um, so that, I mean, that's just how it is. So I want to talk a little bit about the Montez sweat because the, the perception is the bears trade a second rounder likely be an early second rounder, although not nearly as early as you all think traded that for Montez sweat and 49ers traded a third round pick for chase young. And for some reason, the belief is that the 49ers got a better deal. I don't even like it's it's crazy to me. The 49ers get the most pass I've ever fucking seen in my life. I don't know what it is. Is it John Lynch? Is it that we all remember the 90, the 80s and the 90s, Steve Young, Joe Montana, Bill Wall? Is are we just fun? We give them a pass for that. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Chase Young is all kinds of fucked up. We all know it. If the 49ers just got the guy who is the, what, second overall pick, third overall pick uh, four or five years ago in the draft out of Ohio State, if that's the guy that they were getting like, oh man, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a, a get by the 49ers. That's not, he is not even remotely like he is not remotely that guy anymore. Right. I mean, it's just a total complete wipeout of his ACL. He's had neck stingers, concussion, groin strains, right. And chase young, in his entire career, I'm going to put you guys on the spot right now. How many sacks do you think Chase Young has in his career? Okay. How many do you think Chase Young has? I'm going to give you a little bit of time, so I'll gab a little bit here. And obviously, because I'm asking you this question, you're going to be you're going to be like, oh, it must not be as many as I think, right? Fourteen. He has 14 sacks in his career. In his career, that's it. He Chase Young has played five seasons in the NFL, right? 
he has 14 total sacks. That's got to be a surprise. You know, Daniel Hunter has 10 this season in eight games, right? Eight games, he's got 10. All right, Daniel Hunter, who's not a you know real good player. Those on the defense side know, but he's not somebody you would gets that kind of reputation. So yeah, Chase Young has been in the league four years, fourteen sacks. All right, well he's missed a lot of time with injury. Right, part of the fucking problem, isn't it? He's played thirty four games out of a possible fifty eight. Right? He's missed 24 out of 58 games. 14 sacks. Oh, you'll go, that's a little per game. That's 0.41 per game. <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. How many do you think he's had since that really, really good rookie year where he had seven and a half? Now he's got five sacks already this year. He looks better right now than he has in years. But it's not, he has had almost none. I mean, it's 0.33 oh, a third per game. Goes way down. His entire career, Chase Young, 19 tackles for losses, six force fumbles, 26 quarterback hits in the four years. Montez Sweat, he's missed five games, two of which were rest. They rested him, no injury whatsoever. No real, no on-record medical problem at all with Montez Sweat. Nothing. 35.5 sacks for Montez Sweat. 35 point, let me just say that one more time. 35 and a half for Montez Sweat. He's played, this is his fifth season. And again, has played almost every game every single year, including all this year. 35 and a half, 47 tackles for loss, nine forced fumbles, 85 quarterback hits, 85 in 67 games. Yeah, you're wondering. So Chase Young, 0.411 sacks per game. Montez Sweat, 0.529, and he plays more. 0.701 tackles for loss per game. 0.558 for Chase. Montez Sweat. 1.26 quarterback hits per game. Over one and a quarter quarterback hits per game. Chase Young, 0.7. Almost half. Montez Sweat is a better player. He's a better player, of course, he's going to command more compensation, right? He's also durable. He also holds up. He has no injury history, no off-the-field problems. It's a good get for the Chicago Bears. Now, one, as a fan, I don't like it. I need the Bears to be torn down. This was the year to do it. They need two of the top five picks. That's what has to happen, and they need a new coach. They're not going to do that. None of that's happening anymore. Between Fields coming back and the defense playing well up front, the offensive line playing very well, the run game being good, having DJ Moore, the Bears are going to win five to seven games this year. 
It sucks. Five to seven is the fucking nut worst that you could do. The only way they get a top pick is if Carolina continues to stink. Go Carolina. And what that what's that going to do? Eberflus is going to get another year. One more year for Eberflus means they don't trade Justin Fields. That means they don't get any other picks. That means they don't draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. And they are in a lot of trouble without the coach to develop Justin Fields. Because then you know the following year they're still going to win five to seven games. Maybe they win six to eight games. Woo! And then it becomes a disaster. And then Eber, then Eberflus will be fired. But the 2025 draft class won't be nearly as good. And around and around we go. This is the year to do it. So that it really, it, Montez Sweat improves the Chicago Bears. Don't be an idiot and say, oh, they're going to pay him. They have more money than God. They have all the money in the world, in the world to pay him. Of course they're going to pay him. And it, they, at the worst, they're going to franchise tag him if they don't agree to a deal, which they absolutely will because they wouldn't have done the deal without it. So that's an, it's idiotic statements by uninformed people. Chase Young, the 49ers, is good, but I'll tell you, I, I said this on the SiriusXM show. 49ers have a lot of players that want to have great reputations, like really great reputations. Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk. Fucking Trent Williams these days is nothing more than a reputation guy. Right? Nick Bosa. I mean, the Bosa brothers are the most, are probably the most overrated players in the league. They really are. Joey Bosa? Joey Bosa hasn't been like anything that we wanted him to be in fucking years now. It's been a while since he's been productive. Like since he's been, I'll say not productive, a star, right? You know, me set, you know where Joey Bosa ranks in sacks this year? 35th. Zach Seiler has as many sacks as Joey Bosa this year. And that's with him playing alongside Khalil Mack. Like, that's just what this guy is at this point in his career. He's just full of shit. He's just a reputation guy. Two and a half sacks last year, four sacks this year. I mean, always hurt, banged up. You could run right at him. Joey Bosa's not, and, and Nick Bosa's going down the same lineage. He was a lot better two years ago. Just not quite that guy anymore, right? I don't even know where Nick Bosa ranks. I, I have no fucking idea where he ranks in sacks, to be honest with you. It's so far down, I, I can't even keep track, right? I, I'm going to have to look it up. I have no choice now that I'm talking about it. Days three sacks on the whole fucking season. First time I've, in the history of this podcast I've ever looked something up while on the air. You know where that ranks? 64th in the league. Oh, Nick Bose is a stud. He gets double teamed. That's why they got Chase Young. Well, Chase Young doesn't play all the time. 
And what the fuck do you think Eric Armstead is? What do you think these other edge rushers are? What do you th- what do you think they're they're doing? Nothing. Zach Allen has as many sacks as Nick Bosa. Quiddy Pay. Drake Jackson on his own team has as many sacks as Nick Bosa. Overrated. Again, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa were supposed to be unstoppable. Two of the most amazing edge rushers. It has not worked for the Chargers defense whatsoever. And now you're going to think you're going to do with Chase Young and Nick Bosa. I don't know. Good luck. It's it. Listen, anything's an improvement. Sure. Can't go wrong getting a, a presence like Chase Young. I get it. But don't try to explain. Don't try to tell me that's some fucking steal that the 49ers got. Bullshit. Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. I compared these on the SiriusXM show the other day. And listen, Josh Dobbs is a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins was a top five while he was in there. Quarterback. Six, technically, but, you know, went down without playing a quarter of the game. Could have got five more points to pass Tua. But Josh Dobbs was very impressive for the Cardinals. Gives the Vikings, will give the Vikings new another dimension they'd never had, an ability to pick up first downs with their legs. I wouldn't doubt if Josh Dobbs led them to the playoffs. NFC sucks so bad. But the player it really benefits is TJ Hawkinson. Man, TJ Hawkinson is going to explode. He already, I don't know how much better he can really get. TJ Hawkinson is the number one tight end of fantasy football this year. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey's got 18 more points, I think. 16, 18, 20 more points, something like that than Hawkinson in one less game, which is impressive. But the majority of that work was the game against the Chargers when he just, you know, went all out. You take out that 35, 36-point game from Kelsey, and all of a sudden, you know what you have? Yeah, you've got 15.2 fantasy points per game compared to Hawkinson's 14.8. Same guy. I think with Dobbs in the equation and you get a couple weeks without Justin Jefferson, you're going to have the number one tight end fantasy football in Hawkinson. So I like the move from the Vikings standpoint. They didn't give up much to get him. What makes it even better. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones to the lions. Uh, I, I suppose if you're holding, I doubt DPJ was on a lot of people's rosters, but if he was, he's worth a flyer. He probably takes up for Josh Reynolds. We saw it's not a surprise that that move was made right after a miserable performance from Jameson Williams on Monday Night Football. It was really fucking bad. Just two of the worst drops you'll ever see. He's a one-dimensional player, Jameson Williams. He's already shown off the field, you know, getting himself suspended by gambling. It, it just, the whole thing is a, it's not working for Jameson. So they go get DPJ. DPJ, they're going to love him. He, he fits perfectly with the Lions. So I think there's a little bit of something there. Don't expect an every week starter or anything like that. I, you just can't, right? You can't do that. But you can't expect him to slide into Josh Reynolds' role and what they thought they had with Marvin Jones and give another dimension to this Lions offense. So I like that one as well. All right, let's get into the 180s. 
here. It is episode 180, and I'm taking that theme and I'm blasting it into the fucking earth. Things I've changed on Jeff Mans as a person. I just want to talk about talk about my evolution. I hope that helps you, some folks out there. I hope hearing that it's okay to change and not get set in your ways and stuck too hard and always be open-minded. I hope that helps you. For I know some of you refuse it. I work with a guy on Tuesdays and Fridays. He refuses. He won't he won't he won't hear of it. Love him. He's my brother. But just he just won't do it. It's a bummer. I think you should. Think about things. Think through things. Be willing to change. Things I've changed them. Religion. Religion's an interesting one. I was probably, and so I was forced to go to Catholic church as a kid. I talked about this in previous podcasts. We lived, for a while, we lived next to a Catholic priest. I know what you're going to say, dirty, dirty finger you. Did he do that? No, I'm not going to. No, no, the sweetest old guy you ever meet. But my mom would always send me to Saturday night mass that he did at their church and she would send me by herself. My mom didn't go. My mom was raised strict Irish Catholic. Um, my dad was raised strict Irish Catholic, but they never went to church. I guess they did when my brothers and sisters were older, but never did. But I was not that. And then, so I fucking hated going to, it. I hated it. I just didn't like it. And as I got older and, and what, whatnot, I, was about as atheist as you can be. I just didn't believe in anything up there. I still probably am in reality. I don't necessarily, and that's, a, that's the difference because when my dad died in 1999 is uh, the first time I'd never been baptized before that. I was, I'm technically a born again Christian. My girlfriend at the time, wife now of 23 years, um, was very religious, very Lutheran. Her family's very Lutheran and all that. And, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on it ever. And until those moments when I needed clarity, I needed something because I couldn't comprehend what was happening. And my dad passed away and everything else. I was baptized and started going to church and all that. And, you know, was kind of going through the motions for the most part. Wasn't really into it, but it's something she liked. So I did it because she did it. And, and, you know, and I, I liked it. You know, what I think about religion is just, it's very important. That's where, that's what I've changed on. I used to be stuck in the weeds with like, there's a man above the clouds pulling the strings on everything. Right. And that was the wrong way to ever look at it. It has nothing to do with that. Right. It's the lessons. It's the stories. It's the, you know, and a lot of them are outdated. There's a lot of things that, the Bible's just so fucking outdated. Like you, you can't, uh, you sell your youngest daughter into slavery and all this weird shit. It's like, Oh fuck, man, it's pretty, some dark shit, but the stories, the lessons are true. Right. And what you have to do is you have to apply it to the modern age. Take what they say. And it's important. Stories like Job and what he went through, you know, are very important to me and have become like increasingly crazy important to me. You know, and I think it's important to have something. And again, it don't get lost for those of you non-believers out there and stuff. Don't get lost in the weeds of like the old school and even how they currently teach it. Probably find your own way 
find meaning within their domicile. You know what I mean? Like find meaning for you in it. And it, it's been a great thing because my wife's always embraced me sort of finding my own way, being objective about it, believing my own thing, but finding my way and how it applies to life and everything else. And I really have, and it's been a game changer. So I've changed a lot on that politics. Oh boy. <laughs> this is why here we go. Jeffy getting dirty. Um, I am whatever, I guess I would be apolitical is what they call. I'm the most non-political person in the world, but I do understand what the sides are nowadays and stuff. I grew up, in a very, very Republican household. I'm pretty sure my parents would be MAGA to the uh, to the extreme, probably. They probably would have stormed the Capitol. I mean, who the fuck knows? Um, luckily, they weren't wrong to see it. But uh, very Republican, always got in a fight, fights about it. Like, well, not fights, just arguments. I always took on the smart people because they thought they were smarter and they were always very liberal, very Bill Clinton, all that bullshit. And so I was very much in that realm for a long time. And I got older and I'm like, you know, I came from an area that was very diverse, a lot of uh, African-American and, and just foreigners and, you know, all walks of life. I and mean, we were foreigners, the Irish, like my ancestors, my cousins and shit were always, I had cousins get the shit beat out of them and stuff stolen from them for being Irish when I was growing up. So like I come from a different world with than some folks do where like I was the one, my family was kind of the one persecuted in a in a weird way. We were the sort of the minority within our neighborhood until we moved out to the burbs. Right. So I just a different perspective on stuff like that. So then in my like twenties and that I became pretty liberal. Like I'm not afraid to say I, I actually worked on the Obama campaign um, making calls and raising money and stuff really believed in him and wanted change and wanted difference. I was very, got very into like, all right, like let's get this young African-American who's an outsider. Let's get him in and, and do some things. Right. And I, you know, again, I, I don't like the birth certificate, but I think people just go so fucking far, but Obama let me down. In a lot of ways, you know, some his fault, some not. I still think he'll probably, sadly, in my lifetime, he'll probably be the greatest president we've seen. That really bothers people. I don't know why you guys get bothered. It's just like he's the first statesman we had. We've really had, um, you know, he really was. He's the one that commanded the most presence thus far. But then, then it got too fucking, now it's gone too crazy on the other side. Now California's become a fucking wasteland. It's one thing to give rights and let people. Now we now we have homeless everywhere. Now we have fucking everybody's got to embrace everything so much so that it's gone so fucking extreme. You know, it's we, we don't you know everything. I don't I don't care who anybody is. You know, I don't care how you identify. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I don't care. I do care care what sexuality race religion all that kind of shit anybody i like i cannot express how much i don't care about what it is i care about what kind of person you are and a lot of folks nowadays want to just push 
their agenda and their whether it's their sexuality, whether, whether like down people's fucking throats. And it's madness. And when the left wing nut jobs start, you know, they can't understand why people are fucking trying to steal elections and fucking storm the Capitol. You got to wonder what don't you know your behavior is forcing this? How do you not see that shit? So basically, I'm of the mind, as we said here, I think everybody's wrong. I think they're all wrong. I, I, and not, I don't think that. I know it. They are wrong. If you are a staunch Republican or Democrat, you're fucking wrong, man. You need to get back to the middle, to what made the country great, to what made human beings great. Sure as fuck wasn't subscribing to one fucking way of life only. And I get that you don't like the other side and things that they do fine, but so much better to find common ground. So much better and so much more important to find common ground with your enemy. You know, and you don't ever have to vote the other way or anything. You don't ever have to do that. Just be reasonable. Do it for the right reasons. Know what you're signing up for. Right now, it's two salesmen. Everybody's on one side. The left is selling you this. The right is selling you that. They're all bullshitting you. They are fucking lying to your face. How do people not see it? So that's where I'm at today, politically. Death. I used to fear death to the highest order. It was the scariest thing ever. I was a kid. As a kid, I was absolutely certain I was going to die young. I was sure of it. It scared me to fucking death. Literally. It was just bad news. And, um, you know, scared the hell out of me. I don't fear death anymore. Like, I get it. As I gotten older, I realized that you accomplish things. You live your life and you just, you're ready almost to, not to die, but, you know, you, you accomplish things and you see things go through and eventually you get worn down. Like, I see the greater picture now. So I've changed a lot when it comes to that. As it pertains to sport, you still with me or are you guys still yelling at me about politics? Shut the fuck up. Grow the fuck up. All right. If you're one of those people who are still, I'm sh- I shut it off as soon as you talk politics. You shouldn't do it. I know I should. Honest to God, I should probably should be fucking given the presidency. Just give it to me because I'm, I think sometimes I'm the only person that could actually see both sides. I think I really am. And those of you that I'm sure will tweet me and give me your little fucking context, you are the problem. You're the problem. Not me. Sports. Rooting interests. So I went to the World Series game uh, number three this past week. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, I will just go ahead and congratulate Texas Rangers. 2023 World Series champions. Uh, it's fan- As we're recording this, it's three games to one right now. So I'm assuming the Rangers will eventually get that fourth one and lock it down. And uh, there's a moment in the game, uh, game number three, which I saw a couple of Rangers fans. They were up there and I saw there were some sprinkling of Rangers fans around, right? And I thought, I'm like, oh boy, like, let's make sure I kept an eye on them because the last, I took my son to the game. I, I make sure I don't like the fighting. 
amongst fandoms. I don't like the, I don't like the yelling at each other, like making everybody uncomfortable. I hate that. I just want to have fun. We're there, spend a shit ton of money to have the time of our life to see a historic event like a World Series. That is amazing, right? I used to be hardcore, South Side White Sox. You don't fuck with my team. I fuck you up. I used to go into Wrigley Field wearing my White Sox gear, and I'm like, let's fucking go. I used to have brass knuckles in my pocket. I had a fucking uh, call him a, a Billy stick. You know, I mean, I was fucking ready to go, and I we tussled, man. One, we got in one of the biggest fights I've ever been in with, like, I must have been 25-plus Cub fans, me and my buddy Rich, and all because they threw mustard at his uh, brand-new White Sox. He just paid $75 for brand-new White Sox jersey, like the the like the white one, the old-school white one in, like, the early 2000s. And, fuck, we just fucked tangled. We just fucked. It, and it, I look back, and I'm like, my God, am I embarrassed. What awful behavior. What a piece of shit I was. It's embarrassing. Not that nobody should get thrown into violence because of a team or sports. Sports are supposed to be about what happens on the field. That competitiveness, that is what it is. That's what sports are. And if you don't understand that, you're not a real sports fan. Maybe you're prone to violence or you like the aggressive behavior, but you're not a sports fan. They're supposed to be, just like there used to be in like religion, politics, there needs to be class. Right. You just need to have some fucking class. And so there was a moment I, I was leaving stadium. And uh, at one point, like as we were leaving, it was fine throughout the game, but um, some D backs fans were John with the Rangers fans and they were yelling at each other. And it was like, you know, a few sections away. And this guy was like three, four rows up from me. So I got a good eye on him the whole time. The Rangers fans, two guys in there. And then some Dimebacks fans are barking and they were clapping loud, you know, whatever, whatever. So uh, as I walked down, I just made sure that I went over there. I tapped a guy in the back, said, hey, man, good luck the rest of the way. Hope you guys, if you could take it down, that'd be awesome. And he was like, hmm, yeah, my Dimebacks shirt on, all this bullshit. And he's like, oh, thanks. You know, I could tell that he was a little uncomfortable, didn't know what to say, but you know, I just said, no, it can't be our uh, us to hope it's you guys. And I mean that. I mean it to the highest order. Rangers have never won a World Series. Any of you a, a fan of a team that's never won a championship? Baseball, football, basketball, like your main team. What's the team you really bleed with? Never won a championship? I'll tell you, the, the 2005 White Sox changed my entire life. My entire life changed after that championship. No, I don't, I don't need another one. I needed that one. And I got celebrated with my mother before she passed. And it was the most meaningful thing probably to happen on our lives, really. It was that kind of important because of what we grew up with, what she grew up in, the neighborhood, you know, Burbank and Bridgeport and the South Side and all the put downs and everything, uh, the thumbing down, everybody's all the years of that for a moment, we were on top and that will all oh, nothing else will ever happen. That's it. It needed it. I know I'll never see another championship and I, I don't need to, but I want every, I think everybody should be able to have that feeling in their life. I th think it lets out a lot of tension, right? I think it really does. So I, I think it's a very important thing. I want that 
feeling for everybody, you know, and I hope you all feel it. I really do. And I hope uh, I congratulate the uh, Texas Rangers and on a world championship. It's, you know, huge and important and, uh, you know, wear it well, man. Wear it fucking well. But I've changed a lot on that. I went to, uh, you know, the uh, Cubs were always my arch rival. So, yeah, you fast, you talk about a 180 degree turn from, let's call it 2000. One, 2002, maybe when I'd go to Wrigley, Ted would always buy tickets for the Cubs home opener. And we'd take a bunch of people. And again, me and a couple of my White Sox friends would always in, instigate and, and be assholes. You know, we just wear our White Sox gear. We weren't like outwardly, but we'd actively root against the Cubs. And fast forward to 2000 and uh, I think it was 2015. I think, yeah, I think it was right. We're, the Chicago Cubs were in the um, playoffs and they were in the playoffs against they were in the NLCS against the New York Mets. I think that year, pretty sure that was it. Yeah. It had to be that year. Cause they won't. Yeah. It's 2015. And Ted Schuster can confirm. I went with him to game four of that series. Cubs were down three Oh, but we got tickets. And I and Ted's like, uh, yeah, need somebody to go with me. I said, fuck it, let's go. I will be a Cub fan with you that day. Met a Cub hat, went to the fucking game, cheered for the Cubs. They lost. Mets ended up sweeping them in that one. Kind of sucked um, watching that, but, you know, it was, but I'm like, you know what? For one game, I got my World Series. The Cubs deserved theirs, and I'm really happy. Really happy. And again, the, 20-year-old me, 10-year-old me would say, you were happy the Cubs won the World Series in 2016? Absolutely. Because I know what those people, those Cub fans, my dad was a Cub fan. Mostly, he never liked baseball, like football, but he uh, had a grocery store on Sheridan Avenue in the city. And when the Cubs were good, the store got a lot of traffic. When the Cubs were bad and they sucked, which they did most of the time he worked there and owned the store, he they made no money and he was it was terrible. So he rooted for them to do good so the store would do good. Um but yeah, that was that was it, which is just amazing. So um I did 180 in that and I was happy. I'm really thrilled that the Cubs won a championship because all the people and what it meant to all those people, you know, including Ted and a lot of other fans that are true fans that you know ride or die people. So uh, that was really cool. I've changed a lot as it pertains to that. I've changed on my philosophies on coaching. You know, something, truth be told, I felt this way for a a long time, but I could never really knew what it was. But coaching, and I know the systems and I've always been a systems person of fantasy football. It's how I play. And even baseball, I know like Joe Madden, I was a big fan of Joe Madden on that cut, those cub teams back in the day. And I believe that coaching matters, right? I think uh, that's why I get like the politics. I think leadership matter matters, good leadership, not leadership to just kowtows to everybody else and scared or intimidates people. I think being, a good leader. And what I think about coaching is from the show, Ted Lasso, you know, Ted Lasso 
says, I, you know, I don't care about the wins and losses. I care about making these young men the best that they can be, right? Better versions of themselves, which is just insane, right? And that's, it's wild that you think about that when you think about that, because it really isn't about the wins and losses. It's about being the best version of yourself, competing at the highest level. That's why I like the college football stuff makes me sick. The, co- the, the coaching and the, the cheating. And then we fight whether it's cheating and all we're really doing is fighting whether or not we would do it. Well, if you knew like here, a question I'll ask you, let me ask you guys a moral question. If you knew you'd win a world championship, would you, cheat would you doctor the baseball would you record the other coaches signals you know would you do that if you knew it was guarantee you a championship because that question right there 25 year old me fuck yeah i would i wouldn't give a shit but you know as ted lasso says success is not about the wins and losses it's about helping those fellows be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. We are all the best versions of ourselves. That is, that's really scary of what we all can do and what a team of people with team sports, a football team, a baseball team. I think the Arizona Diamondbacks exemplified that this year, just a group of people, but they played together least reliant team on home runs in the entire in all major league baseball. And they made it all the way to the world series. That's impressive. They don't just wait for somebody to hit a home run. They don't live and die on it. They just keep hitting, 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 hitting. And so I've changed a lot as it pertains to that. I've changed on my stances on the NBA. Used to love to love it. Then I hated it. Now I'm back in love with it again. I love it. If you are part of our elite mafia over at fantasyguru.com, watch along Wednesdays. Maybe you're listening to this as it's released on Wednesday morning. Justin Fensterman, our NBA guy, Armando Marsal, Scott Bonder, Mike the Beard, Chris Rose, Serge Singh. Man, our team is just stacked. Myself, I, I uh, post bets on Wednesdays over there at the site for NBA. I will do every single day of betting on NBA as soon as as the NFL regular season is over. Can't wait for that. But we do this thing where on, we do a couple things Monday night. We watch Monday night football in the man's cave. All right. Hang out in the man's cave. Everybody, all membership levels are invited and uh, are welcome. Talk football, watch the games. I'll break it down for you. We'll learn some things. We'll have a few laughs and we'll have a good time on Wednesdays. Justin Fensterman leads a watch long party of the NBA. Everybody watches whatever game their market is. Some of us have the NBA league pass. We, you know, we comment on different games. We bet, we live bet, we play DFS. We talk about our lineups and teams and we do pivots and make in-game bets. So we just talk basketball the whole night. And you have never heard passion unless you've heard Justin Fensterman talk basketball before. So we do that on Wednesday nights. Then Thursday nights, back in the man's cave for Thursday night football. Friday nights, we have the NFL DFS, NFL Core 4 live stream, followed by the triple option 
college football live stream immediately from seven o'clock Eastern time all the way to 1030 Eastern time. We got programming all day there. So I'm real proud of that. We're going to have more watch parties for more sports, but uh, make sure you get over there. But I'm, I'm hyped on the NBA. I'm excited. We're making money betting on it. And uh, it's, it's just a good time seeing guys like Wemba Miyama, you know, come into the league and start to make his way. His Slenderman costume was absolutely fantastic. So that was really good there as well. By the way, so as I'm recording this episode, we have breaking news in the National Football League, which is amazing because, uh, you know, recording this late on a uh, Tuesday night, you know, middle of the night. But uh, evidently, the Raiders officially fired Josh McDaniels and their GM, Dave Ziegler. Dunzo. Josh, so after that Monday night football game in which they couldn't amount to it, although they only lost by 12 points, right? You know, they only lost by 12, but it felt like 100. But it's kind of wild that middle of the season like this, Josh McDaniels would be let go. And the Raiders had a team meeting, and I guess the team members went to the ownership. I mean, what this means from a fantasy perspective is very difficult. You know, they let go of Derek Carr, and one of the worst, probably one of the most disrespectful things you ever see and really try to ruin his entire career by the way they did that. And you got to figure that's a Josh McDaniels thing, right? And now Jimmy Garoppolo, what are they going to do with Garoppolo? They're going to let him start. We'll have to see, but I'll tell you this. I will, I will scoop up Devonte Adams. Any, no, no problem. I'll, I'll scoop him up right away. No problem. Speaking of one eighties, think about that. Think about the players like that, that we were so people were mostly down on Adams. And then we became very, very bullish on Adams. And now after that Monday night game, we're very down on Adams. I'm all about scooping him up, buying him on the cheap, if at all possible. But yeah, so I don't think that has, it's not going to impact things that dramatically. Yeah, we'll see what they do at the quarterback position, but whoever the quarterback is has to get the ball to Bonte Adams. And then if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, then it will hurt Jacoby Myers because that's a relationship that despite whatever happened on Monday night, that's a relationship that's important. You know, that Garoppolo needs to be a quarterback for Myers to be that productive. Players this year that I have uh, a 180, we'll talk about some of the, 180s I've done on TV. Think about it. At the start of the season. Now, these are some 360s, to be honest. Think of the yo-yo the Jets have been. By the way, I know it's early, and I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm going to do a victory lap a little bit. Jets are Jets are exactly what I said they were. This is the Jets with or without Rodgers. Probably still 4-3. and three. Maybe they get that W. What was it? The 15 to 10 game against the Patriots. So they're probably five and two right now. All right. Five and two. I'll, I'll give them five and two. One more game, which again, it's important. One game is a big game, but it's not. They're still third in the division. You know, they're not, they're barely over 
point differential, right? They're still sort of on the outside looking into the playoff picture, although a five and two, they would be in the playoff picture. But we've done, you know, 180 on them. Everybody was bullish on them. I was not bullish on them. And then everybody jumped off and I jumped on. 180 degree swing. Look at last week in DFS, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I can't believe, you know, I did the same thing last year. And listen, I'm maybe I am a shit analyst. Maybe I'm terrible at it. Maybe. You know, but if I if I'm a shit analyst, then I must I'm just really fucking smart or something. Because last year, do you remember the team that I was all in on? I went all the way in when everybody else was jumping off and it made me look like a genius for it. Kansas City Chiefs. No Tyreek. Oh no, Juju Smith Schuster. Kelsey's too old. Wah. Huh? You can't play Kelsey in DFS. Remember last year? These are actual things. Mahomes without Tyreek, his yards per attempt is crashing. Okay. I said, I don't think so. I think great is going to stay great. And then the same people did that this year with the Bengals after their slow start. And I, I mean, even Bengals fans, I fought with Bengals fans. You guys have been dog shit forever, forever. And now you have the audacity to talk shit about the guy who saved your entire organization out of your fucking minds, literally just out of your minds. But I bought in and I'm going to ride high. Give me Chase. Give me Burrow. Fucking give me T. Higgins on the cheap right now. I'll take him. The Broncos. Look at the Broncos. My binging the Broncos, man. Two weeks ago. That's all it was. Let's go back to a different time, a different age. Remember the month of October? How many of us remember October 2023? Oh, man. We were all so high out of our minds, bro. We're so big, bro. Right? Just lost fucking it lost to the uh uh barely beat the Bears, lost to the Jets. Uh fucking team sucks. One and five after losing the Chiefs. All of a sudden beat the Packers, beat the Chiefs soundly, get a bye, get healthy, don't trade anybody. Now all of a sudden the 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 Broncos, let's see. Go after the bye, they go to Buffalo. It's a loss. Minnesota with no Kirk Cousins. That's a dub. Cleveland Browns at home is a very tough game. I'm giving them a dub. At, on the road to Houston, a dub. At LA Chargers, I'll give them a loss. I'll give them a loss on that one. At Detroit, it's a loss. At home against New England, that's a dub. At home against the Chargers. I think it's the that Chargers lose weird games like that. That's going to be a dub. The Raiders just fired the head coach, cleaning house. It's another dub. So all of a sudden, you know, we sit here and they're going to end up nine and eight and be in that like fringe playoff picture. The Denver Broncos, after all the shit, everyone talked about it. Javante will rush for a thousand yards. Probably score six touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have looked lately. He scored one touchdown all season. All season long, Javante Williams. And he is already running back 25. Right? All one one that's it. 
Imagine if the two that have been called back stood. Imagine if he didn't miss a game. He'd be a top 20 running back, just where we had him ranked. It's a 180, isn't it? On that player, I think so. Uh, other teams, Packers looked like Packers looked like unstoppable. First two weeks, we all said it. I said it. Jordan Love, he's the next guy. Like, wow, Jordan, they've got another one. They got another star quarterback. How the fuck did the backers get another star quarterback? Oh, wait, they didn't. He's been total shit. Total shit since. Packers are one of the worst teams in the league right now. They're going to, they have a better chance at the number one overall pick than the Chicago Bears. As far as their normal pick, the Bears have a better chance because they have two opportunities, one of which being Carolina. But Packers have a better chance. The Raiders. Raiders were fucking Raiders were rolling fucking three weeks ago. They look pretty good. Right? Raiders and McDaniels, three and three, going to Chicago. Gonna be four and three after that game. Jets and Giants coming up. Six and four going into a big game against Miami. Nope. Lose against the the Chicago Bears and Tyson Bagent. And then, yeah, get beat on Monday Night Football. And now your coach is gone and you're in disarray. Life comes at you fast. The Buccaneers, everybody were high on a couple weeks ago. Now they're third in their division. So those are some 180s from the season. Players, Burrow, Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud, people went from nowhere to in on him. And then after the Carolina game, now they're back out on him probably. Alvin Kamara. If there's been a savior to my fantasy football teams, it is Alvin Kamara. Boy, I'm glad I drafted that guy. In the ninth round. Silly. Absolute silliness. Really is. Like that, it's... Just wild to me that I got such a deal on him and that nobody else wanted him because he was suspended for three games. Turns out it doesn't matter. Alvin Kamara is running back six in all of fantasy football. He's played five games. Everybody ahead of him, except for Zach Moss, has played eight, three more games. The only person that has more points per game than Kamara's Christian McCaffrey. And it's 24.6 to 23.0, 23. I guess. That's pretty amazing. Other players, Aaron Jones. I've been, I was high on him too. After the week one, it was a huge win. Completely dog shit since. Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert was an absolute god. The first few weeks. Think about how much that Dolphin Bronco game changed everybody's perspective of the Dolphins and the Broncos. Right? I mean, that is, it's just wild. The Raheem Mostert has, let's see, um, 95, 122 points. Holy shit. He's got a hundred and twenty-two points in four of his eight games. All right. In the other games that he's played, the other four games, 
he has a total of let's see if I could compute this. It's un it's yeah, he has a total of uh I can't even think of what it is. It's eight oh eighteen and a half and sixteen. Thirty-four. Let's call it thirty-six points total. Thirty-six in four weeks. And the other, and by the way, the weeks that he's balled out, Denver, New England, Carolina. And then you, you throw in the Giants in there. The worst of the worst defenses. Buffalo, not great run defense. The Chargers, terrible run defense. The Eagles were a tough run defense. And the Patriots the second time. And he's averaging fucking eight points a week against them. That's a 180 in performance. Tyler Algier, think about it. Nobody wanted him. Then after week one, he was going to be that. Here's, I love this part about fantasy football. I love the people that claim they're right when they say Najee Harris sucks or Najee Harris going to lose his job and he sucks. And also Tyler Algier is going to be a big piece of the Atlanta Falcon puzzle. Okay, cool. That's what you're going at. Where is Jalen Warren? Najee Harris sucks, right? Okay, no problem. And based on this performance or this season so far, awesome. Where is Jalen Warren? 175 rushing yards, 3.8 yards per carry. That's where Jalen Warren is. Or is that 47th in the league right now in Russia? That is uh, not good. Those are not good numbers, and that's not going to feed the Bulldog. So he hasn't overtaken shit. He's got the same yards per carry as Najee Harris. The only thing he gets is receptions. Same amount of touchdowns. I think Najee has two. Uh, he just has one. Same amount of touchdowns, but all the catches for Jalen Warren. Not a useful piece. And Tyler Algier? Tyler Algier doesn't exist. He actually gets, he's one of those weird guys that in theory, you know, Tyler Joe's 26th in rushing yards amongst running backs. But he has done absolutely nothing since that big week one. It's the only production he's had. He's running back 30 in fantasy football on the season. Had that amazing 24-point weeks in week one. Since that time, 4.8, 4 4.9, 2.2, 6, 5.1, 14.2. What the fuck did he get in there? How does he get a 14-point week? Oh, he had 50 rush or receiving yards on three catches and 3.1. He's done nothing. Another 180 player. Brian Robinson. Nobody wanted him. Then everybody wanted him because he performed really well at the start. And he's done jack shit since. Now nobody wants him. People ask, I literally got to start or uh, keep cut question about Brian Robinson yesterday, right? Points per game there. They had great, he had 51 or uh, 41 in the first two weeks, 13 and 828, 7, 13, 8.3, 13.6, 8.3, 9.9. Yikes. And he scored two touchdowns, three touchdowns in those five games or six games. Oh, that's terrible, man. That's some really shitty numbers because he's had three touchdowns. 
If he's had no touchdowns, he puts up that. All right, fine. But that's some that's bad. Receivers, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakoa. Puka's the best, then Cooper's the best, then back to Puka, then none of them. Think about that. Shamar Chase. Everyone loved him, then everybody hated him. Justin Jefferson, everybody loved him. Nobody hates him because the injury saved him. But you, if he was just producing poorly one game, two games in a row, you'd hate him. Nobody wanted Mike Evans. Now everybody loves him. Another 180 player. Adam Thielen came out of nowhere. I never thought it. I thought he was absolutely washed as well. Top 12 fantasy football wide receiver this year. T. Higgins, everyone loved him. T. Higgins, Devontae Smith. Two guys, the second secondary pieces for their respective teams. And what? Told I warned this is one I did warn people about. So I don't like those second guys. I'm not drafting second using a second, third round pick on guys who are the second on their own team. And that is proven to be great analysis. Dalton Kincaid, everyone loved him, did nothing. Everyone went away. Eh, don't even lie. Y'all dropped him. Nobody held on to him. Now he's doing well again because Knox is out. Now everybody's back on. And I love the fact that people just climb on like they never jumped off. Bullshit fucking liars. Zach Ertz, big bandwagon in the beginning. Everybody out. Everybody in. Now out again because the injury. Jonu Smith, out of nowhere. Now he's a serviceable, usable tight end every week. So you see what I'm saying. We do 180s all the time. We do 180s in life. What I'm trying to make clear here is if we want to be better people, if we want to be better fantasy players, better sports betters, better DFS players. I smashed in DFS, one of the best weeks I've ever had. The core forecast by itself, I don't think that's ever happened. I'm calling it the first time ever. I don't have any confirmation. I doubt that's ever happened before. That four players was enough to cash in your entire lineup. We don't even need the other five. That's the most amazing thing ever. So it was great in DFS, but my sports betting, my bets in the NFL have been shit. Prop bets are, are good. My single game parlays, which is my bread and butter, are dog shit. And it's not that I've been far. It's just continuous one, two point beats constantly. I have to get better and I will get better. That's what this episode is about. This is what it's about. 180 episodes. I'm really proud of that. Right? And I feel like it was a signature show today because we can go, we we can continue to evolve, continue to analyze, continue to grow, continue to get better every day. Like we talked about with Ted Lasso, getting better, being the best versions of ourselves. Think of how important that is. It's crucial to our success. And we can't have all these wild tales, all these wild ideas of grandeur, delusions of grandeur, as if that whatever happened through the first eight weeks of the season is just how everything is forevermore. Because it's not. It's not the truth. It's not reality. You know? And it's never going to be. So take that for what it's worth. Take that. Put Store it in your mind. Know it. 
that you want to can you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be the old person. You don't want to be the people fighting in the bleachers. You don't want to be the people yelling about a politician supporting him so unconditionally that you fucking lose yourself. You know what I mean? You get fooled into thinking that you're doing something that you're really not. You don't want to be like that. Right? You want to be your own person. You want to grow. You want to challenge the ideals of your grandparents and your parents. And you want to inspire your kids, your relatives, your friends, your coworkers, the people around you to say, hey, it's a very open approach you're taking. Very refined way of thinking. Thank you for keeping an open mind. Thank you for being kind when I expected you. Thanks for patting me on the back when I expected you to stab me in it. That's a difference-making type of life. And you live that, you're going to be immensely happier. And when it comes to fantasy sports and betting and DFS, you're going to be a better player. Just can't. You got to get over that, the stigma of this is how it is. And make, you know, every Sunday, I see it in our own chat rooms at fantasyguru.com. People make these just declarations that this is how life is now. That's it. There's nothing that will ever change. And this is how life is like, no, it's fucking not, man. We're changing every day. We're getting better every day. It's perfectly all right to do a 180. All right. Survivor picks for week number nine. Ooh, did you make it through? You probably did. Everybody used the chargers last week. So that came through. Thank God. I was really nervous about it. I was really, I'm not, I can't lie. I was nervous. Why not go right to the Saints then this week against the Bears? The Saints, the Browns, and what about the Falcons? No Justin Jefferson, no Kirk Cousins. You got a running back of Cam Akers and Alexander Madison against the Falcons at home. I hope Atlanta ends up starting Taylor Heineke. They probably won't. They're not announcing that after this recording is out. But I think they should be, if you're looking for an under-the-radar one for Survivor, Atlanta's my third choice this week. The bet, Thursday night bet, okay. I've been brutal with these single-game parlays. I did hit one on the podcast two weeks ago. I want that noted. I'm just, I'm not doing a single-game parlay this week. I'm just betting a straight bet. And fortunately, with the Titans, and I was really impressed with Will Levis. Again, the ball placement was just amazing. Very well done. Pittsburgh's not going to lose this game. So I'm betting Pittsburgh on the money line, minus 130 right now. So get it where you can. It's I'll perfectly, if you want to bet 1.3 units to win one, or just bet the one unit, that's fine. You know, whatever it is, if you're, uh, um, you know, whatever. You're betting uh, whatever your unit size is. $10, you win seven, you know, and uh you're good to go on that. But Steelers on the money line is my bet. When things uh, aren't going right, we just get back down to basics. And once we got the basics down, we'll go back up and we'll start hitting single game parlays again, everybody. That is going to do it for this episode. Hopefully you liked it. You know, tried something new with this episode. Hopefully you got some clarity. Hopefully you're not one of those absolute pussies that's going to write me letters about because I disrespected fucking liberals or MAGA or whatever. Dude, you guys have have your beliefs. I high-five all your beliefs. Do whatever you want. You're not ever changing my thoughts. 
And I don't want to change yours. I don't want to change yours. I just want us all to be open-minded. That's all I want. Just be open-minded. If you've come to that conclusion, God, I support you. I really do. Support whatever it is, as long as you think you're doing it and saying it for yourself. And it's the best thing for you and those around you. Then absolutely endorsed by me. Or just be a pussy and write me some bullshit on Twitter. I don't care. I will just block you and I'll never fucking look at you again because that's what I do. Not proud of that, but that's what I do anymore because I'm not dealing with it. But also, holiday season. Let's go. November 1st. Fuck yeah. Thank God Halloween's over. Hallelujah. The best time of the year. The winter months. The, the Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's, all the best time of the year, baby. And uh, I'm anxious to win some money with you. Fantasyguru.com. Remember, NBA Watch Along Wednesdays. Get over there. MVP package available. Radio 20. R-A-D-I-O-2-0 is the discount code. 20% off everything and anything we offer at every membership level at fantasyguru.com. Support at fantasyguru.com. If you're a current member want to add betting or NBA or you want to add DFS to the mix in football or what have you, rest of season, whatever it is, get the VIP Platinum. You get my data, the smash reports, wide receiver ratings, cornerback ratings, matchup charts, the offensive line ratings, the defensive front ratings, the matchup smash reports, the ratings uh, comp sort of comparison where who has the biggest advantages in the trenches, all under our elite data section, a brand new elite plus show. Very, very excited about this, by the way, YouTube every weekday morning on our elite plus YouTube page. It is our boys, Ray Flowers, Kyle Elfrink. They host a show called Fantasy Sports Daily. I am super excited about this show, everybody. It is, uh, it's just really finally getting Ray and Kyle back out there. Uh, there are three episodes in. We just started it this week. It's completely free, everybody, but it's every weekday morning. And uh, I think it's 9 p.m. It's at noon Eastern times. So it's 9 a.m. I should say on the West Coast on our feed. So check it out. It's also if you can't catch the YouTube show, it's also on our site fantasyguru.com. It's also a podcast. Get it wherever all the other podcasts are found. It is just phenomenal. Kyle Elfrink, Ray Flowers talking everything. They have guests in. They have. Ray dressed up as Ted Lasso for Halloween. They're always doing fun stuff. It's just a great show. I'm very proud. I'm happy about these guys. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube page because we have a lot more programming coming and a ton of new shows coming on the Elite Sports Network as well, both YouTube channel and also in podcast form. So, uh, again, another reason is just go VIP Platinum so you get everything. Don't ever have to do it again everybody all right that's gonna do it for this episode you may agree or disagree with some or every single thing you heard today folks you know why because it's just one man's opinion don't be so sensitive everybody and always keep an open mind i want to thank our producer sean angle who always does a wonderful job putting this show together thank you to everybody for listening follow me at jeff underscore mans on twitter 
Go to uh, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Again, folks, appreciate you downloading. Don't disagree. This was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!